Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host Stephanie here with my co-host Ariel. Hello friends. And happy Friday. Yes. We are in week nine, I want to say, of quarantine. I love you keep track. I'm just like, one big The only reason I know is because um, my... My yes, my daughter. Well, because like each week the school's like, okay, congratulations, like you've made it to week eight. And the first week this started, they had the week off, so I know we're like one week ahead. Otherwise, yeah, I'd be just like you and I would know nothing that's going on ever. So yeah, crazy. How much I still love our intro music. Oh my gosh! Every time I we you should see Ariel and I like literally like dance when it plays every episode of the record. Also because we're mature adults, so that's definitely why. Well, obviously. Um, But yeah, so guys, we're super excited because this is episode twenty-five. Um, it has been so we posted our like trailer like coming soon trailer on Halloween last year um, and we are really excited though because we are doing more episodes each week like we're recording together so that we make sure we can bring you content long after Ariel has a baby and needs some time off so we want to make sure like there's no gaps in our episodes yeah. um, but please feel free to still leave suggestions and everything they might not show up the next exact week after you've given them to us but we promise we will do them and get to them um we are just obviously preparing because like if ariel's in labor i can't be like hello our episode's due tomorrow dude let's get on it but that'd be hilarious that's probably something i would do (laughs) (laughs) i'd be like yeah but the baby's not coming for four more hours so you want to just bang this out real quick (laughs) we'll just pause during contractions it's no big deal you'll be fine you'll be fine um, anyway, guys, we're super excited because we are bringing you Paul Runch. Is that how you say Ariel? Runch? I believe so. It just reminds me of grunge. reminds me of the 90s. reminds me of the terrible clothes. And then I just go on this huge spinoff. That's what I did the whole time I was, like, re- researching him. Yeah, and he is, like, a very normal-looking, decent human being. Like, not bad he's to look like at. He's actually kind of handsome. Yeah, he's very decent looking. I'm, uh, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then. <laughs> Um, like I had said to Stephanie before, like, you know, some of these people we cover, like you would see them on the side, of, like walking down the street and you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to cross the road right now. Cause you look like a fucking serial killer. This guy, like he, just, I can totally understand why people would have let him in their house and felt like they could trust him, trust him because he just seems super normal. He's cute. He looks friendly. He's got a good smile. Like, yeah. so that probably, for me, that's a little scarier. Like, even his haircut is very nice and normal. Like, everything right. about and him, he, when we looked at him, we were like, oh, okay. Right. He's clean-shaven. He appears to take care of himself. Yeah, like, like decent clothing, like, everything. Right. I'm sure he has good breath. <laughs> like, it just, like, it, it flows with everything else we're talking about. So, I'm sure that's a thing. Right. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to let Ariel jump on in to get us started on Paul Runge. Well, first up, what are you drinking today? I'm drinking oh. some good old coffee. Yes. Um, because this is early for me. <laughs> I work the night shift and, um, also even in general, I need like 18 hours of sleep. I need like three. So. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> these are polar opposites. That's why we get along so well. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, I feel like I need like my third cup of coffee. Um, I'm sticking with tea. I'm not a big coffee drinker. Um, so I am sticking with tea. Uh, like I've told you guys before, I usually drink David's tea. I found it when I went to like the outlet malls near our, kind of near us, like probably a year ago now. And it was the closest uh-huh. one. And I like just happened to walk in and they were offering like 
um iced like you could get it iced and like try it out and i was like what is this heavenly taste in my mouth <laughs> and then basically went online and ordered like 700 packages of like different flavors Obviously. um so today i'm actually trying like an apple spice i'm not loving the spice part of it but um it's not yeah, as bad as i thought it would be i'm a very like fruity drinker like even when it comes to like liquor like if i'm gonna do like hard liquor or mixed drinks like i'm very i'm not like oh i want some like very i'm like very fruity i'm like give me all the berries give me all the raspberry like i love very sweet sweet drinks and i think it's because i don't i'm trying not to eat a lot of sweet so like that gives me the sweet that, helps, that yeah. i need um okay. so yeah it's but it's really good um 10 out of 10 recommend yeah she that's like all she drink david's tea so I guess I should probably try it, huh? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you I'll I'll give you a few samples because I have so yeah. many. So yeah, and the thing is, I'm not polar opposite. Where like I like my tea unsweetened. I don't want any sugar whatsoever in it. So I don't but put I do. anything in it. Not even honey. Nothing. I don't put sugar yeah. in anything. I just I think that's why it's I like it because it tastes sweet without having to actually put yeah. sweetness right. in it. Um, and I think that is really what like did it for me. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about Paul Frederick Runge. Um, so one thing that I did find during his research is there's actually a lot more information about his victims than there is him, which I don't hate. Um, only because I find a lot of times when we cover these killers, it'll be like website after website after book after article about them and their life. And then they're like, oh, and by the way, they killed 47 people. Like, and it's kind of like, oh, Okay, well, remember, those people were, like, real and had families and children. Yeah, and it's and a lot of, like, redundancy, too, when they cover, like, a few of the serial killers that we've been researching lately. Um, there's, like, not a lot of info about them at all, which is so right. funny because some of them, there's just, like, endless information. So you're like... Yeah, I feel like it's it's one extreme or the other. Yeah, there's you know, definitely either no there's just, Yeah. Um, so anyways, Paul Brunch, uh, he's an American serial killer. Which I tried to do some American serial killers um, for the next few weeks, just because I feel like a lot of the kills we were covering were from the UK. Not that I really care, but I feel like now let's come back to America and cover a couple killers here. You know, really creep you guys out. Um, That's the goal. So, you know, so yeah. <laughs> so he um, he raped and murdered at least six women um, and one young girl. Um, and this took place between 1995 and 1997. Uh, and it was in Illinois. So Frederick Runge was actually originally sentenced to death. Um, and then in 2011, the governor in Illinois um, abolished the death penalty in the state altogether. So now he's just serving life without parole. Um, Which has so happened in a lot of places. Like we've seen this a lot with different serial killers. Um, the death penalty and things have been you know, laws have changed since the original yeah. sentence. And obviously, like we've talked about um, in way back when the death penalty was carried out pretty quickly. But now, as we know, it's it's not. <laughs> I mean, most of these yeah, are like 30 doing... years and never, you know, so obviously laws have changed in that long time frame. So we've actually run into this a lot with certain serial killers who do get the death penalty because all of a sudden they're just that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> right. Um, for a few of the killers that I did scripts on over the last couple of weeks, I ended up doing a little bit more research on um, the death penalty and like why it does take so long. And um, there's a lot of weird information out there. And I actually plan to 
get in touch with my friend Liz because if I remember correctly, she did like a whole senior project on the death penalty. Ooh, and she's also like a smarty pants. She went to like an Ivy League college. So I like to pick her brain about everything. Um, I suppose. Like, well, I'm going to ask her um, just more of Rachel because I'm just so curious. Um, I really noticed I don't know a ton about the death penalty and why things are the way they are. Um, and I feel like a lot Same. of people don't. So I'm kind of going to do a little, maybe I'll do a little blurb about that or something in the next few episodes. Um, just because I find it curious. So anyway, let's just chat about his early life, which really, there's not a ton of room for me. Uh, oops, excuse me, my God. There's not a ton of information. <laughs> my first time talking. Sorry, guys. Um, We're working on it, guys. Way of us. Yeah. <laughs> so he was born in 1970. Um, the main thing that sticks out about his childhood is that he suffered from sexual sadism, which anyone who doesn't know basically means that he gets off or gets some sort of sexual release or satisfaction from pain, whether it be him hurting someone or someone hurting him. Um, there's different types of sadism, but basically it's the pain factor um, that he finds like sexually arousing. So uh, his mother died when he was 17. And there are reports that basically say that uh, this sexual sadism and his behavior only worsened upon his mother's death. So shortly after his mother died, so we're in like 1987, is that what it was? No, 1997, what? Later that year. No, yeah. Um, so Runge kidnapped, raped, and beat up a 14-year-old girl in his hometown. Uh, he ended up turning himself in to police uh, and he was charged and convicted um, with rape and kidnapping and was sentenced to 14 years. However, he was paroled only six years later. Um, Which, again, I mean, this is another thing we see so much and some of the other serial killers that we'll be covering. Um, I actually had read about one who literally, like, murdered someone and then, like, got out early and then went and murdered, like, 20 more people. And I was like, what? He's a murderer. I don't... Like, first of all, why are you letting him out early at all is, is at all. question one. But, like, right. a 14-year-old, like, he literally raped and beat them up and, like, a 14-year-old. And then you're like, you know what? It's fine. You've I done know, your time. It blows my mind. And it more blows my mind because it's, like, many of these people do not change. Like, I know people can change, right. but, like, 95% of the time, most of the serial killers we're covering are serial killers for a reason. They're not exactly. going to change. They're wired a certain way. They have those tendencies that, like, them, like, there's a very low spectrum where, like, they're going to change and come out completely reformed because like it's in there it's who they are it is unfortunately there's something like psychologically and chemically wrong with them um so i mean unfortunately he was paroled it's super unfortunate because i feel like some of his killings could have been avoided but i mean that's where we're at uh so he ends up he actually ends up getting married after he um is released from prison to a woman named charlene and it's interesting because it kind of appears that his wife almost helps him get victims. Because um, there's a couple of mentions of her, like, sort of luring them into their house. It doesn't go into great detail. None of my research says, like, yeah, she was totally in on it. She knew that he was going to kill them and dismember them in the bathtub, which, by the way, that's what he does. Um, yeah, it's gross. Seems like a lot so, of work, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I don't know exactly how 
much, uh, you know, input she had in this, but she definitely helped to a certain extent. Um, so that like is really upsetting. Um, uh, yeah, so when sure. Lawrence would search for his victims, he basically would just drive around the area. Uh, and because like he said, he was so normal and friendly looking, uh, he would kind of just start up conversations with people. Uh, a couple of his victims actually, they were either um, like had uh, apartments or houses for rent or they were selling their house and he would be, you know pretend that he was interested and be like, hey, can I come to the inside of the house? Um, and they'd do a walkthrough and again, because he was so trustworthy looking, they would start to trust him and then he'd be like, bam, I'm gonna rape and beat you up and strangle you to death. Um, so he either strangled people um, slash them, stab them with knives, or beat them to death. Now, guys, beating someone to death, like... It's like when we talk about strangling, it's so much work. It's so much physical work. It's not, like, obviously it's work to kill anyone, but it's, like, physical, physical strength that you need to have, and you need to be consistent, because it's not like you hit them once and you're like, I'm magical, they're dead. Like, it takes a lot of, like, pain to, like, get someone to that point, you know what I mean? So... Right. And it's it's time, it's energy. I mean, it's got to be exhausting. And you have to make sure you do it. Like, you have to make sure they're really dead. You could hit someone 20 times and they just might not be dead. They might be, like, brutally injured, but they could still be alive. He's definitely got some anger issues. That's for damn sure. Uh, And then there's actually, um, in four cases, he actually burned down the homes of the victims. So he would, like, go to their house, kill them, and then set their home on fire. Um, and then this is like a little weird fun fact, uh, in more than one of his murders. So he would commit the murder and then he would call out of work for the following day. Cause you know, he's very busy dismembering bodies and getting rid of them and setting house on fire. Yeah, understandable. And then he would quit his job. He would quit I don't it? No. Yeah. I don't know like what the correlation is, like why quitting his job was a thing, but it was mentioned like three different times that that's what he would do with all these different jobs. So I just had so many questions. Like, how did he explain that to his wife? You know, was he... Also, it's not that easy to get a job. Like, what, what do you just leave and you go get a job tomorrow? Like, that's not how... I last think, I checked, that's not how you did. <laughs> you know what, though? I think in the 90s it was. It's so funny. My dad and I were talking about stuff, and he was saying how... Um, you know, when he was younger, he was very like, if he didn't like a job, he would quit. He's like, most of the time, I have a new job that day. Like, it's not like it was, it's not like it is now where you're sending out resumes and you're doing online You're applying to 400 jobs and hear back from one, yeah. Right. I just think it basically if you could do any kind of physical labor, if you had any kind of mechanical skills, you'd get a job. Well, and I think especially then, too, you were very high in demand. I mean, even now, trade skills are still very high in demand. Trade skills, thank you, that's what it is, yes. Um, So, and we've actually, doing some of the other research on serial killers, we have noticed a lot of them are trade workers. They're very good with their hands and i think that one of the big reasons even when you watch like tv shows a lot of serial killers do like trade like they're like cable people electricians it's because they have easy access to like a wide range of like people that they get to see and houses they get to go to and so it makes it easier for them to like stock while still working and maintaining like it'd be very hard if you just sat in your car all day had no money and like literally creeped people they'd be like who is the creepy dude outside my house but if you're the electrician who's like doing work every day for a month no one is second guessing that you're like fixing wires right and like one of his jobs he was a shoe salesman any kind of salesman 
you like you have to have that personal like i could not sell crap i would they'd be like no thank you no, okay bye have a nice day like, oh i, I could no i could sales. i could like i could tell you my hand like i like right. yeah, i just naturally have that like charisma about it that i could just be like my hand is so great how could you not want it and they're like you know maybe Let i do want it, it. <laughs> yeah no i could not but so i mean that says a lot about his personality um that he you know he had to have that um, kind of personality they attracted people and made them want to talk to him and made them feel comfortable and, and like we um, said he was he was good looking like if some guy yeah. that looked like that came to my house as a salesperson I probably would at least acknowledge him I wouldn't be like right. hey creepy bye like I'd be like oh hello right. I mean obviously yeah. that's very rare now even when people come to my house now like if they want you to sign for like the electric whatever mm-hmm. I, I almost never I'm like no sorry I'm not I just don't do it um a lot of it too i think is just having kids like they want to come to the door and see who it is and like i don't know who you are so i don't want my kids to see who you are but it's very it was much more common for people to go door to door and sell and like you invite strangers into your house while they show you how something works like that was a big thing Mm -hmm. that's not a big thing anymore no i know because i really can't think of any reason that i would let in my I don't even like to let people I know are coming. Like, if like National <laughs> Grid's coming, I'm like, it's outside. What do you need me for? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, please. <laughs> like it. Like it stresses me out. I'm like, Ugh. I know you're yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, it's my truck. I'm like, yeah, serial killers have trucks too. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're probably like, great, we've got the crazy one. Cool. Yeah, right. Oh my god. Oh, um. All right. So, Runge's first victim was actually a friend of his wife. Um, she was only 25 years old. Her name was Carol Stream. And uh, it appears early January in 1995, um, Car- um, I'm sorry, uh, had gone to visit Charlene, who that is um, his wife. So she just went to go visit, have a little cup of coffee, and she was never seen again. Awkward. So I just wondered, you know, I, I mean, his wife had to have more of to do with this than they're really saying because well because wouldn't you if you're like having coffee with someone then she disappears like you'd be more concerned that she disappeared because she disappeared in your freaking house like there's only so many oh she just got lost in the bathroom i never saw her again sorry all right sorry so i don't know so then this is so messed up about two weeks later so this is like the middle of january a german shepherd named friendly that's cute um, that is cute. He actually ended up bringing a severed, excuse me, a severed leg to his owner's home. Um, so he's just like out walking around, hanging out in the woods, um, and he brings a severed leg to his owner as a gift. So nice. Uh-huh. People are like, so, "Ew, my dog bought me a dead mouse or squirrel," right. and you're like, "Oh my god, it's a leg! Like, can you imagine?" Right. Seriously. Um, and so obviously, the owner reported it to the police. Um, but a week later, the dog then brought the other leg. Oh my gosh, that's wild! Right? E- each week, it's like here's here's the head. <laughs> oh, I found the I arm. Know, yeah, seriously. Oh. But you have to like follow the dog. Uh, and DNA tests actually confirmed that it was indeed um, the friend of the wife. Oh, the only thing that I don't understand is I have two different names here. So yeah, I'm going to see. Sorry, guys. I, like, clearly don't know how to write because... So, Carol Stream is the village. Oh. So, she is a Carol Stream resident. Her name is Stacy, but she lives in Carol Stream. Sorry, guys. It does look like a name, so 
Um, yeah. Please know we, we promise we do research sometimes. We just have our brains don't work. We I'm apologize. so sorry. Yeah. Her name, but like Carol Stream does sound like a person's name. Sorry. Her name was Stacy Froville. Yes. She lived uh, in Carol Stream. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'll get it eventually. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, and apparently, it sounds um, from what police, I'm not from what police, from what the research found, Paul struck her in the head with a um a dumbbell like a weight that you lift weights with and just like kill her instantly had to have been a heavy weight like not no five pounders guys we're talking from yeah, like right. 20 plus pounds <laughs> not the weights that we use no, no, no. yes i use um, three pounders and i'm actually moving up to five and i'm very proud of myself so yeah yep i use five and i'm like yes i got ones for my son though he's three and he loves to work out oh. with me so i got him once and now he thinks he's like muscle media it's the cutest thing obviously oh my gosh that's cute <laughs> So this is one of the victims that he actually dismembered in the bathtub. Which again, the wife has to know if you're literally sawing someone up in the bathtub, she's not like, oh, I don't know what he's doing. Like you clearly would be like, especially if you were drinking coffee with her and then she literally was dead on your floor a minute later, you'd have questions. Yeah, you have to know what's going on. A lot of these people are complicit and I always wonder too, is it like, are you complicit because you are worried he will kill you? So you feel like you have to be complicit? Or are you complicit mm-hmm. because, like, genuinely you're like, meh, I'm actually also a terrible person. I just don't do yeah, the killing. Right. I'm also a sociopath. <laughs> I'm sure it's a mix of both. Like, I'm sure some people are like, I can't stop him. He's a murderer. Like, uh, he would have killed me. So I, what was I supposed to do? And other people are like, ooh, interesting. Like, there's definitely two, yeah. two kinds of people, I'm sure, in that situation. And so... The terrible worst part of this is that all right, so he dismembers her using a saw and then he scatters the remains around northern Illinois and Wisconsin. I'm literally just picturing him like a paper boy throwing bodies out his car window, like body parts. Like, Can oh you imagine God. driving down the highway and like your car gets hit by an arm? Like you'd be like, Whoa, holy shit. <laughs> like that's just it's cr- it's or like, you know, you like stopped like it, it's just it's very it's almost very careless, but not careless at all. Like, you're like, oh, I'm just going to throw them out. But also you're like, yeah, but I'm going to throw them out over like a 50-mile thing. So you cannot find right. them. It's like you thought about it, but it's also a terrible idea, yet works. Right. Yeah, it's a little ballsy. And he had to have a certain air of confidence about him to just be like, yeah, I'm going to toss a head out the window. Yeah, and like assume that I'll be fine and no one will be like, oh, so I saw a head fly out of this car. The license right. plate was 1258. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I do just feel like, I, I definitely feel like you have to have definitely some level of um, confidence in, I mean, in general, just being a serial killer, but especially the way you dispose of a body because a lot of our serial killers aren't great at it. But they're so right. confident that they're not going to get caught that they don't care that they're not great at it. Right. So. Um, so if you want to talk about his second set of victims. Yeah. So the Passin Bogovic, I'm going to assume that's how that's said, sisters, yeah, they were 22 and 20, um, were Bosnian refugees. And they had actually come to live in the U.S. with their uncle um, six months prior to their murder. So, like, come to USA, oh, live bad. a better life, and then you get murdered. That's Right? Six months of, like, nothing. Yeah. So they were they were offered to a house, like, cleaning job by Paul and his wife. 
Um, and so on July 11th was like of 1995 was the last time they were seen, which this always blows my mind when we read about dates, because a lot of the serial killers we focus on have been older, but these people are like, like we were alive, you know what I mean? Like it, so it always makes it so it almost makes it a little more creepier to know like, oh, this is all happening. And I was just like going to school. <laughs> yes. Right. So and that this, this guy killed several women. Yeah. And I don't know, I have no memory of this being reported on the new. Like, I feel like there's so many serial killers that just go about and they get caught and no one reports it. Yeah, so the couple, so Paul and his wife had moved to Glendale Heights and Paul had begun working for Honey Baked, some Honey Baked Ham store in a mall, which, side note, I love Honey Baked Ham. So good. The <laughs> deli meat, so good. Um, honey Ham's like our favorite here. The, ki- the kids literally eat it like as snacks. Uh, and then Charlene was like, oh, I'm going to start a cleaning business. It's going to be great. So everyone obviously assumes that the sisters, um, the sisters knew an acquaintance of Paul and Charlene. And the acquaintance was like, oh, my friends are starting a cleaning company. Maybe you'd be interested. And they were like, oh, my gosh, yes, I would super be interested. Like, we're obviously trying to better our lives and look for a job. And so they get to the house and I'm assuming are probably like interviewing to, you know, join this company she's supposedly starting starting and then they were handcuffed bludgeoned raped tortured and then strangled to death by paul so it escalated like really fast and again there's two of them so now you're focusing on killing two people at one time and making sure like one of them doesn't get away or like one's not trying to overpower you while you're killing their sister like killing one person at one time is a lot of work but killing two people at one time is way more and that's when I also wonder too when they say like oh the wife might have known something like she had to have been like holding the other one down or like keeping her captive like there's no way he just had a hand on each throat and was that strong that he was like killing them both at the same time and if he was that's fucking wild but he doesn't look that jacked to me in his picture so I'm not sure so he dismembered them as well placed them in plastic bags and then discarded them like in different garbage bins can you imagine like going to throw out your trash on trash day and like seeing a head in a bag and yeah. you're like this is not mine right, i, I swear it's not mine <laughs> so oh my god like but like i said again like arrow said it's a very cocky and confident thing to just like take a piece of a body put it in someone else's trash so carelessly and not give a crap and right. continue on and just keep doing it and again two people that's a lot of body parts that's it's so much it's just yeah that's a lot it's so much blows my mind yeah um so later so this is in 1997 now um his next victim was a 30 year old woman who was raped and ended up being strangled um this is taking place in chicago so basically Runge um, met her because she was selling a house and he pulled the whole like, oh my God, hey, I totally want to look at your house. Um, and then he strangled her to death. He burned her body, which that was basically like how he started the house fire because her body, like once firefighters extinguished the house fire, they obviously they went body. in and found her body. Right. Um, so kill, so- burn the body, and then like using as the body is starting to burn like you're also burning the house down right crazy uh, and so at this point he's starting to get um he's killing people much closer together because then that we're only like a month uh, like later a month later yeah his next victim was a 45 year old woman uh and it was the same kind of thing he 
responding to a for sale sign. Um, this is for some sort of sports equipment. This reminds me of the Craigslist killer, side note. Like, yes. this, is, this is it. Like, oh, I'm just throwing this this gym equipment I would love to get rid of. And right. then it's like, cool, I'd love to come see it. Murder. Like, that's, right. this is why I don't, I mean, I'm, I know people use Craigslist all the time, but this is why I don't use Craigslist because I'm paranoid right. as fuck, so. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't think, I don't either. Um, this one's particularly upsetting because he not only killed her, not only raped and killed her, but he raped and killed her 10-year-old daughter. Yeah. And, like, raped and tortured them for, can you imagine, a 10-year-old, that's Haley. I know. Pass. 10-year-old. Oh, Pass. my God. Um, and he eventually cuts their throats and then sets the house on fire. Which also, again, not easy to set a house on fire. Like, uh, no. the, like you know what I mean these are just the things that he's doing are taking a lot of time and it's like you're talking about being in an apartment so it's not like you have there's people around you so you basically need to keep them quiet and then start a fire and get out before everyone else can smell the fire and like it's not like fires take like six hours to start moving if once you get in the right spot it flies away like the whole place could burn down in 10 minutes so then it's like did other people die in this home fire that were living in this apartment building. It's just, it's crazy to me. And you really have to be like a special kind of fucked up to like go after kids. Like that's just like to go after anyone, obviously. Yes. We think you're fucked up, but to go after a kid, especially when like kids have never been your thing, but you're so okay with like just throwing a kid in there. Cause they're there. It's like, that's another level of like zero fucks. Yes. And that goes back to his sexual statism where, Obviously, this poor ten-year-old was in extreme pain, and but that's what got him off. That's probably that was probably one of his favorite killings because he had two victims, one of which was a kid, and it's just absolutely fucking terrible. Um, so then the next month, so guys, this is literally one kill a month that this is happening. Okay, um, so a forty-three-year-old woman who was selling her uh, condo. So he raped and strangled her and also burned her body. So at this point, think about it. This is one killing a month and one house fire a month. Police Which is aggressive be, as hell. Like, right. that is super aggressive. Yeah. And someone is, no, like, police and firefighters have to be noticing, like, okay, what the heck is going on? Um, and they did because starting in, like, 1995 into early 1996, the FBI in Chicago... Um, they were actually searching for evidence. They had the runges like on their profile. It doesn't really get into too much like what made them like what sparked them as being the suspects. Yeah. Right. Like I even put a note in here like why did they suspect? It was kind of just like oh yeah and then the the FBI were suspecting it. I'm guessing someone I'm guessing my guess is maybe the acquaintance who had referred the sisters to the cleaning company had said like, Hey, I referred them and then I never heard from them and now they're missing. That's right. like the only thing I can think of because other than that, it's not like he was going uh, into the same, like, you know, units and stuff. Like he was randomly applying, replying to random ads. So it's not like they yeah. could be like, Oh, well he definitely did this one. Definitely that one because they wouldn't have put it together that quickly because like they had to go through fire, like, and get all the wreckage and like find these bodies and then see what happened to them and like that all doesn't happen in like an hour like that obviously right. takes time my guess is that acquaintance who referred the sisters probably was like what the f-? like hey how are they working out and the two of them were like oh no <laughs> yeah right <laughs> oh i referred these two people are you offering a bonus for my referral oh they didn't work out oh really <laughs> weird what happened to them and then he probably was like 
sketchy. Like, I, that's my only guess, because that's the only thing I could think of. Right. Like, someone tipped them off and being like, hey, this is the last time I heard of them, and they were with these people. Especially because yeah. it's not like they were arrested. The FBI, at this point, really just, like, started keeping tabs on them. Like, traced calls, um, wiretapped their phones, like, checked in their garbage. So that's why I'm guessing someone probably was like, it could be them. I'm not 100% sure, but I would check them out. Um, I just wish that I had been able to find... There just wasn't enough information on this part of things. Because, think about it, in order to wiretap someone's phone, I don't you need a warrant or something? Like... You need something to allow them to do that. So there had to be enough information. So, guys, I'm sorry. I looked. I just couldn't find anything. There just wasn't a ton of information on that part of all of this. Um, so, I don't know. But So, it so just now says that you need a warrant from a judge to wiretap someone's phone. So, if a judge thought there was probable cause, they could. But, like, you don't have to tell, the obviously, the person you're doing it. So, I'm assuming right. a judge probably was like, yeah, you're right. This is pretty sketchy, like, here. <laughs> Right, especially right. because it's not like there was a lot of other like suspects or people it could be like people. I mean, that's why I'm assuming the acquaintance like name them. I was like, it's Paul and his wife. Right. Please yeah, look into yeah, them; yeah. they're creepy as hell. Um, yeah. So I think that like a lot of people are like, oh, they can't listen to your calls. Like they can't, but if a judge says they can, then they can. Yeah, right, right, right. So that's um, my guess there. So on March eighth, nineteen ninety six, um, the FBI along with two other law enforcement agencies actually conducted a search of Paul Ronge's house. Um, so it was him, his wife, and his father were all living in this house. They see Which is weird. This is the first time we hear about the father living in the same house as them. Like, just I throw know. it in there casually. Like, okay, you've been murdering people in the house. So your dad also didn't care? I just... <laughs> I feel like he had to have not been there the whole time, but still... He was or maybe he was, like, very <laughs> elderly and, like, just stayed in, like, a room and they took care of him and, like, didn't really know what's going on because we've definitely seen that happen as well. Yeah, I just don't understand how you can have any amount of victims. <laughs> like, and you, how can you be a serial killer with people around you? I don't get it. Um, but so they conducted the search, and they actually seized a ton of items. And there was just some books um, in general about killing, um, police stuff, like how police works, how their radios work, how their investigations are. Um, he had a lot of weapons. He had a lot of knives. Uh, he had a crossbow, <laughs> um, a stun gun. He even so, had a book about what? Charles Albright, who's a Dallas Ripper, um, oh, like straight up yeah. reading about other murderers and killers. So, yeah, um, that always blows my mind. Um, yep. But so. the thing is, like, all of this together is not enough. No, nope. I have books on serial killers. I have weapons. Like, that's true. I literally have a book called The Big Book of Serial Killers. Right. <laughs> like, that's not enough for. And it wasn't. It was not enough for them to arrest him. Um, he ended up being like detained for possession of a weapon, which was in violation of his parole from, uh, remember when he went to prison and they released him early. Yes. Yes. So he was still on parole for that. Um, so they were able to detain him for a little while. Which um, is when they were able to yeah. finally link his DNA. Cause like, obviously right. that takes time. And like we said, like putting together everything you know, even just testing DNA and all that, like you need to have all your pieces together to make sure everything fits. And when you're going after a serial killer, obviously they want to make sure it's like they don't lose them. We've seen that happen a lot where like they're right at their fingertips and like there's a technicality or they didn't just wait like an extra two hours or something. And like, like we, you, we've all read about cases getting thrown out for really silly stuff just on technicalities. So 
Um, obviously, the FBI is the FBI for a reason. <laughs> they don't fuck with technicalities. Yeah. So they definitely obviously like waited. But because they were able to detain him, that is really what gave them the edge to like do right. a DNA analysis and see if he was linked to any of the other people that were missing. And it should be noted that um, they were for several years, they were fighting to keep him in prison um, under what's called the Sexually Violent Persons Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically they were saying is, all right, so that first crime that we talked about, the rape the of that 14 year old girl yeah. in 1987, um, they basically were like, he has no remorse whatsoever. So obviously there's something wrong with him, like so sexually violent person. Um, and that's kind of how they were trying to keep him in prison. Um, but like Stephanie said, this was at the point that they were able to get his DNA and run it through CODIS and uh, ended up getting some matches to a couple different murders. So yeah. basically they're like, hey, Runge, like we match into these people. And he's like, I give up. I'm going to confess to all of these murders. And he confessed to like five different murders. Just like, ah, whatever, here you go. Yeah, and they definitely suspect, as with most, we say this pretty much every episode, there are usually more. Um, A lot of them aren't linked, um, especially if, like, the person didn't have people really looking for them. Um, It's hard to be like, oh, yeah, I got their family gave me a piece of their hair on their butt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you're living on the streets for 10 years, most people have lost contact with you that would care about you. So um, they definitely do think that he was responsible for more murders. He did also confess to killing a prostitute and then dismembering and disposing of her remains as well. Um, He was only charged with three of the murders, which involved the dismemberment. And then while he was driving, or sorry, he wasn't driving, while he was being driven to his court hearing, he actually overpowered the corrections officer with the help of two of the inmates that were in the car bus with him or whatever, and disappeared. And I mean, they were recaptured, but like, really, it's like, Imagine if he wasn't recaptured, how many more people he would have killed. And mind you, he also disappeared with two other criminals. Right. So also think about this is he once again had to have that charismatic personality where he's sitting in the back of a van and they're like, as far as I know, they're handcuffed. Um, You know, they take precautions, obviously, so that stuff like this can't happen. Yeah. And he's like, hey, guys, this is what we should do. And they're like, oh, my God, yes, that's a great idea. You know, granted, I understand they're prisoners and they obviously wanted to get out, but he must have had a plan that was good enough for them to be like, yes, let's do that. Thank God they were very quickly captured by police. So, like, it was it was fine. Um, so then later, so we're in, like, 2006 at this point, he ends up being convicted of another murder, uh, and he sentenced to death for this one. Um, and basically what prosecutors were saying is that he was, quote, the face of the death penalty yeah um that he just was basically the worst of the worst like they actually uh, were like he's the example you want to use to keep the death penalty like exactly. that that's how much like how like messed up he was that literally the government and like judges and stuff were like no we want we want you to see his face like this is we don't want we don't care about the death penalty for anyone else right now but this guy like he needs it right but in 2011, like Ariel Hudson said earlier when we started, um, capital punishment had been abolished under the governor. Um, so he is now just in life without parole. No more death penalty. Right. But so here's one thing, though, that um, was mentioned a couple times that kind of really bothers me is, all right, so those two Bosnian refugees, the sisters that yep. um, were working for or possibly working for him and his wife. Um, so, you know, he had been connected to their murder. 
Um, but then the state attorney decided to drop that case, quoting it would just be a waste of time because he'd already been sentenced to the highest punishment available in the state. Now, I get that. I do. However, if it were my family or my, like, I would still want to try. I still want this on his criminal record. Yeah. And that's not offering justice to his other victims. Like, oh, well, he's already in jail. Like, cool, but he's not convicted of killing me. So, like, he's in jail for other things. Like, because, again, it's like when people would look at your criminal record, they wouldn't be like, oh, and he killed two more people. You know what I mean? Like, it literally lowers his body count, too, which is, like, not cool (laughs) at all. No, it's not at all. I would have been like, uh, no, this this can't happen like this, thanks. Yeah, not at all. So. But anyway, guys, that's Paul Rudd. She was actually super interesting. Yeah. Um. I really enjoyed doing a little research on him. Uh, we will post um, on our Facebook like picture of him and different little information we find about him. So make sure you are following us so you can see our updates. Yeah. Um, also, don't forget, like, follow, uh, leave a comment, a review on your podcast app that you use. Uh, email us suggestions if you'd like. Um, and yeah, yeah, guys, do me a favor. Um, like share with your friends i really would like to get some more people on facebook and instagram um following us i know i definitely you can ask stephanie i'm terrible with any kind of technology or she she's like the worst millennial on the planet it's it's i literally have facebook guys like that is it and she's not even great at it if we're being honest right seriously like stephanie had to show me how to do scheduled posts i was like i don't understand what you're talking about you're like Um, like, are you using real words yeah, I have an Instagram because she forced me to get one. And then I did, like, one post and was like, this is stupid. I'm never doing it. I forced it. my husband to get one, too, and he doesn't use it either. So that yeah, might just be a new thing. <laughs> Basically, we're the same. We're like, yeah, we don't care about this at all. Yeah. Um, but I would really love to um, kind of get some more followers because I think that we just have a lot of people who are missing out on our lovely, lovely voices chatting about serial killers. For sure. And I d- will definitely be posting more as well. Um, we're going to try and post at least like three times a week on the current serial killer the episode is. Um, just so that, that you guys can like see a picture of them and like learn some other cool information about them maybe. Um, our last serial killer, Dr. Satan, had there were actually news articles about uh, when they had like found bodies in his home and stuff. So we had posted those. But just interesting little things like that we like to throw on our page. Yeah. Um because we find it interesting, and if you're listening, we're assuming you also find it interesting. So, uh, Serial Killers Cafe, you, that's pretty much where you can find us across all social media platforms. And feel free to email us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. But other than that, that is our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Happy Friday.